Hello and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord community Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korvar. And I am Kikita Kaori. And this week on the podcast, we are going to be doing a lore dive into the Unicorn Clan, the clan of horses and foreigners and curved swords. All right, so well, let's get into it. Indeed. So the Unicorn, as we well know, well, maybe you don't, because maybe this is what you need to know. This is why you're listening. The Unicorn <laughs> Clan were founded by the Kami Shinjo, and they're the one clan who did not start off with the name they now have. They were originally the Kirin clan. But then much interesting his- history happened because what really what really changes them and really gives them the, the, the flavor of them is that after the first war, the war with Fuleng, the, uh, you know, when, when they were invaded by the horrible demons and undead, Shinjo said... We did not know anything about this. We didn't know what was on our borders, and we were taken completely by surprise. What I will do is I will take my people, and we will patrol the outside, and we'll find out what's there, so we will be we will be prepared. And that's what she did. And they okay. came back, and they were different, and that's really interesting. So the unicorn nature, like the other clans, though, is founded by the nature of their founder, is, is rooted in the nature of their founder. Mm-hmm. So Shinjo was a younger daughter among the kami. She was very adventurous, very spirited, very compassionate person. Yep. Um, she had a close relationship with her brother Fuleng uh, and probably was the most hurt in many ways by the, his betrayal. Yep. Um, she did not meet with Shinsei. Uh, all the other clans have some story of them first encountering Shinsei and being set on their path. But she was always going out and looking for her path by her very nature. So she, so she never really met with him. Oh, um, that's very interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, at least not in any of the stories I've got for what it's Yeah, worth. yeah. It, it, it might be interesting to see if one gets... Uh, added slash rediscovered when we get uh, if if and when we get a unicorn book that could be mm-hmm. let's see in the tournament for the throne she defeated Hida by being too fast yep but she lost right afterwards by to Bayushi by being basically too naive too nice she was nice, nice I think I, I that's 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 going to be my that's my headcanon she was just too nice and Bayushi was like horrible. <laughs> she founded the Karin clan and she when Fulang showed up and they realized he was still alive but corrupted by the Shadowlands she is the one who went from the rest of the kami to him mm-hmm. to try and save him ask him or at least ask him why he was doing this terrible thing yep. and she came back from that meeting Fairly heartbroken, but very convinced that she would do everything that she could to defeat her brother, just just mm-hmm. as the other kami were. Yeah. So, so, for those who don't know, the Kirin is a particular mythical animal, which is sometimes considered some, sim, similar to a unicorn. Um, but it, it is it is 
and some actually people think that actually it's a version of a giraffe actually which is kind of interesting <laughs> but it's a mythical horse-like-ish creature but it, it is it is quite different uh they can walk on grass without disturbing it they have all sorts of various mystical things they are sometimes thought to herald the arrival or passing of a sage or a illustrious ru- illustrious ruler it's a lot it's, it's a very interesting creature it's very it has a lot of similarities to dragons mm. um in the in the lore, seeing a Kirin was a sign of great omen, great luck. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So, as she went out, she gathered some flat followers. As as you do, you can't you can't be a kami without people kind of like kind of glomming onto you. Um, you get Utaku and Ide, and I don't I don't know. It's a quite of the of of the various clans. I must admit, I know the least about these the the family founders. Which is which is so. This is all new to me. <laughs> the the background's pretty sparse. So, um, Otaku and Ide were husband and wife, though they were not husband and wife originally when they right. first met. Him. Otaku was a woman who was utterly de- dedicated to Shinjo. She was a warrior. Um, they say s- she only married. Ide basically so that she could have children that could continue to serve right. Shinjo. She had a very pure, pure spirit and was known for her silence as part of her devotion. So Otaku battle maidens, in memory of their founder Utako, always go into battle completely silent. I, I have to oh. say, when you, when you come saying, you know, she's utterly dedicated to Shinjo and only married to continue to serve, I can hear the fanfics being written now. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, yes. A proof of all fan fiction. Yeah. Um, um, she did, unfortunately, died fighting Fu Ling as the Kirin clan thunder. Indeed. So, which is, so which gives you an indication of just how important and, and a mythical figure that she was. Yes. Her husband, Ide, was Shinjo's premier diplomat. Uh, he was very known for being social, but I think uh, in reading his life, it's just kind of one long... A series of disasters, uh, which is kind of sad. He's not even a crane. He's not even a crane. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm just listening to this list here. It's like, oh, everything goes wrong for him. So obviously, his his wife only married him so he she could produce children to serve Shinjo. Yeah, just for starters. I kind of Um, hope that's not true because that's so sad for both of them. Honestly, yes. he lost his wife. He lost his oldest son after the end of the war. His oldest son was like going to charge off into the Shadowlands to bring more victories. And so even after the war was over, his oldest son died fighting the Shadowlands. Yeah. He was sent to negotiate with the Yabanjan to bring them into the Empire and help, you know, work together with them to fight the armies of Fulang and failed. Oh. Sad. And then he followed uh, Shinjo into the burning sands, and um, you know he he helped work out the relations with the Ushikai. So I guess that was, yeah, that uh, was some, more something of a diplomatic success. He was very good at it. He just had a mm. lot of things things go wrong. He, he had a shaky start to begin with, but of course the the main thing that really defines the unicorn, the thing in the history that really changed them, is that they were sent by Hante 
to explore the lands around Rockingham, which were completely unknown in those days. And they were given a mirror, which would enable them to communicate with Hunter. He held the other one. So, so there was a twin to this mirror. So if you look in one mirror, you can be seen in the other one. And also she was given a fan by her sister Doji, a sandalwood fan, to essentially, I guess, it's kind of like, this is a memory of home. This, you know, remember that you are truly a part of us. Yes. One of my favorite lore nuggets is essentially that the, the Fox clan and the Mantis clan can both claim to be the first minor clan in that the Mantis clan kind of did it first, but the Fox clan was the first recognized. And they're, they're, they're the people the idea of a minor clan came from. Right. And so, but, so they're both kind of right and they're both kind of wrong. <laughs> the The... The Fox Clan, well, the remnant of the Key Rin had to become the Fox Clan because the Lion Clan went, oh, look at all those lands that no one's looking after. We should totally do that. And uh, But there's already people there. Not enough. They should go live here by this forest. And yes, we'll take over the, those very, very fertile lands. The, Empire, the Emperor put the remnant under his protection because they were so mm-hmm. small uh, and moved them closer to the capital basically so that they yeah. would be able to be protected and yeah. the fo- the lion clan then took over all of the unicorn clans and has been there for a long time yeah they, they were there for a fair few hundred years so that's kind of an interesting thing which probably has some effect so they moved in so they traveled into the burning sands and they were encountered a number of obstacles but they did mm. encounter some people who stepped up to help them resolve the obstacles yeah. Uh, Iuchi was one of the people who followed Shinjo into the Burning Sands. Doesn't seem to have been terribly remarkable up to that point. Who knows? It's may, they, it's maybe this is the, the thing that got them really famous. But he was captured by Gaijin sorcerers, stole their books, and learned and adapted their ways. Because outside of Rokugan, the elemental magic, or the, the magic of, of calling to the elemental kami, doesn't seem to work. So they had to develop Meishodo, which is capturing spirits into talismans to use the magic powers in places where the Shukenja couldn't speak to them. Whether the spirits they were capturing in foreign lands are the same as Kami, they just don't speak the same language, or whether they're something different is an interesting question, which might possibly be resolved by the next book, but we don't know yet. We don't know yet. They also Mm. encountered, the first people they encountered were the Ujikai, and we talked about the Ushikai a little on a previous podcast, mm-hmm. but um, they were a nomadic tribe of horsemen and introduced horsemen to horses to the unicorn. The Ushikai fought the Kirin a lot as they traveled through the burning yep. sands, and the Kirin were soundly defeated many times. But it is in the nature of the Kirin to adapt. And that adaptivity, is that a word? Um, it word. is what allowed them to learn from the Ushikai's ways, capture yeah. horses from them, and start defeating the Ushikai back. And they had such success in adapting to the Ushikai ways and meeting them on the battlefield that eventually the leader of the Ushikai 
whose name was Moto, um, was defeated and swore his fealty to Shinjo uh, as the Khan of Khans. So that is how the Moto family joined the Unicorn Clan. Yeah, and there's still a lot of Ujikai out there because the 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 there were many tribes of Ujikai, right? With with a lot of different customs, and I'm not entirely clear whether the Moto are one tribe, part of a tribe, or a mix of tribes who then all get mixed together into the Moto, and and it could be all of those things. It's, it's... Now, in the old lore, the Moto joining the Unicorn Clan was part of a co-op plot. Um, mm. However. I think that it's safe to say we have no idea what, if any, relationship no. there are between there is in New Five R between Colot and Unicorn. Um, so it's not even worth talking about, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of hoping that it's less everything. Everyone's a secret collab, but we <laughs> we can but find out. Now the Burning Sands. I'm quite interesting. I get the feeling that Rockgan says everything to the west of the Shinomen Mori is the burning sands. Whether it's hot, whether it's a desert, whether there are any sands at all, I suspect they just call it that. So there's, there's a lot of interesting things out there. There's there is hot also desert. hot desert. Yeah, but, but whether it's all hot desert is, is the interesting question. Because mm-hmm. I rather suspect, because the, they left up the northwest, mm-hmm. and I rather suspect things weren't quite so, so hot up there. But that might be like the Gobi Desert, which is actually very... It's a place where the Mongols did, in fact, hang out, or the, those similar, very, tri- very similar tribes all hung out. But you also have, apparently, in old law, you had a ancient Egypt type place, you had a, an Arabia type place, and various other sorts of places. So they they found all sorts of different cultures, not just the Mongols. Yes. They at one point they also found a particular oasis where Shinjo found Shinjo goes to this oasis herself. This is all very bit this is all very weird and <laughs> mystical this bit. It's and, legendary. And, this is all legendary, and, not necessarily. And po- yeah. And fact. possibly they're all um you know apocryphal's not the word. Um but yeah it's it's all all very strange. So she leaves the the she leaves the the, the her people, which she said she'd never do. And then she comes back and clearly shenanigans have happened because she's pregnant with uh, five Kirin and one human, which is... Uh, she's Kami. She can do mm. yeah. things. <laughs> I, I yes, I'm, I'm a Kami. I don't have to make sense at all. Uh, <laughs> she then promises that she ever does leave, she will always return. Right. Her original, so the the thing that lured her followers to her or attracted her is a better term, mm. attracted her followers to her is that she made a promise to them from the her very beginning that she would never leave them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was now her she... promise. And so she, when she, she goes out to this oasis and there's discussion about how long she's out there, but it was too long and it made the... Mm the unicorn very sad and grouchy at her that she is she had left them and so she had to change the terms of her promise and said even if i do leave you yeah yeah yeah. i will always return 
and I'm fairly sure that in some versions of the law, this is where the first Utaku steeds come from. Yes. Because the Rokugan has always had horses, but they're more like ponies. And they're good for getting around, but you wouldn't want to charge someone with a lance on one of those things. And the step ponies of the Ujikai and thus the Moto would have been probably quite similar. But where do you get the great big huge war horses that the Utaku ride? And it's apparently round about here. And whether these are some of the children that Shinjo had or whether they were also there, I'm not sure. It's all a bit strange. In any event, the unicorn believe that their horses are as much children of Shinjo mm. as they are. Yeah, yeah. So, so so this common link is, is between them. So Whether this is yeah. literal or allegorical. Right. <laughs> so they get caught. The, they meet many, many peoples. They travel for a mm. long time. And it comes time where Shinjo thinks, oh, maybe I should get back to Rokugan. But yeah. when they try to go back to Rokugan, they find their way back to Rokugan is blocked by a kind of gaijin people who ride rocks, which are mm. these enormous birds yep. that can pick up a horse and fly off with them. So a, a very, yeah. very insurmountable enemy, even for someone yep. as powerful and adaptable as Shinjo. So what she does failing to find her own way back to Rokugan, is she breaks the mirror that she had been using into four pieces and yep. gives one piece to each of a group of her followers. So she splits her clan up into four pieces and sends each piece with a piece of the mirror and keep it, keeps one, stays yep. with one. And yeah. sends them out all across the world to look for ways back to the Empire. The, the, before she does this, she gives one last message back to Hante, the, the, the currently Renny Hante, which is one of the reasons why everyone thinks that the unicorn were lost. Because there's this kind of like, I now have to do this thing, I'm not going to be able to communicate anymore. And that was several hundred years ago. And so give these the mirrors so the individual groups can now talk to each other, but they now can't co communicate back with Rock again. Right. And that led to people thinking that, oh, well, they died. How sad. Mm -hmm. Which is a big thing that comes up later. Right. And they are gone for mm. 800 years. In total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In total. They're, they're gone from the Empire. So, and, and they don't return until about 815, which is, if you look at the current timeline, we're in 1123 uh, mm. on the current timeline. So about... 300 years ago. Yeah. They finally return. And and they make they make an impact. They make oh, a big yes. entrance. Yes. Yeah. So the crabber sitting there, men in their walls, yep. looking out across the shadowlands as they do. Complaining about not having enough jade as they do. <laughs> as they do. <laughs> and here comes this wall of horse riding, fur wearing, hairy, smelly yeah. Gaijin, yeah. Yeah, who comes wielding charging at weird them. Magics. Weird, weird magics. Weird magics. 
I, I want to know which heater looked at the other one, and you had to say, gosh, isn't it quiet? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious. Yeah. And yeah, again, you can just imagine what they would have felt like, because they're coming out of the Shadowlands. There's vast numbers of them. They are They are just faster than anything that they've ever had to deal with. They're just looking completely weird and insane. They, I mean, they must have just assumed, oh my goodness, the Shadowlands have made another horror to present to us. They're like humans, but they smell awful. You know, <laughs> but uh, so they came charging at the wall and some discussions say that they used Mishoto uh, mm. to teleport because that's teleporting. Travel magic in general yeah. is kind of a unicorn thing. At this it point, is. Um, so some people have said they they either blasted down that section of the wall or they used teleportation mm-hmm. to get past it. But they, the crab, don't slow them down. They just charge no. right past the wall, which is which is absolutely shocking. They mm-hmm. then I can't remember the quite the, the sequence of events, but I think they then fight the lion and just blast past them. They go and... well. They go straight into where their old lands mm. were. Which yeah. do a butt on the on the side there uh, on the western side of Brokugan with crablands, um, so they go straight That's to their true. own old territory like honey I'm home, and mm. um, you know send out diplomatic envoys uh, first to the the first people to encounter the mother phoenix, and then to the you know it comes up in court. Starting to establish, yes, it's us. We're back. Of course, yeah. the lion, and at this point, the scorpion, mm-hmm. do not uh, take this well, no. as they are there to defend the empire against things exactly like this. And the lion just attack them, of course, with everything they're worth. And the and the scorpion too. Uh, the unicorn are occupying lands that were considered lion at this time anyway yeah yeah um however when the word finally comes who they are who they say they are first to the phoenix and then to the crane and then they present the fan of lady dochi in the court to say this is this is who we are we are the children of shinjo uh Mm. the crane recognized the fan so they must have really good written records <laughs> yeah, or, or or they just know they just they they have the tradition. They know what it would look like, or they know what Lady Doji's fan would look like. Yeah, if you right, an item of that kind of fame, right? You know. So mm. they they recognize it and they say, "Okay, yeah, you really must be uh, the children of Shinsho," and uh, they accept them in the in the empire. Yeah, and, and the lion has to back off out of the unicorn's traditional lands and it's absolutely because they were sure it was lady doji's fan not just because that would then get the lion clan out of those lands and and make them big allies with big horses and yeah yeah (laughs) so they're not you know the lion clan's favorite whipping boy like Mm. they've been for 800 years so that's that's pretty much like uh, yeah 300 there's a few other bits and pieces uh, that that occurred since then, like specifically yeah. uh, Moto Tsume, 
this is actually not that long after they came back. They said, well, we are the mighty warriors now. Uh, we need to prove ourselves to the Empire to prove how completely Rokugani we are. So I know, let's go fight the Shadowlands, because we breezed past that the first time. It, it must be easy. I'll go plug that little hole you've got yeah. in your universe. You and your wall. Yeah. <laughs> what do you what do you what do you know about anything? And it did not go well, sadly. Uh they were almost all lost, and those who weren't lost small L were lost capital L. And one of the most dangerous things in the Shadowlands now are the Dark Moto, who ride Onikage, which are demon horses, and they still fight the crab and are really rather terrifying. And still led by Motozume, who is one of the yep. biggest villains of mm-hmm. the Shadowlands. People keep doing this, and they, they don't learn. <laughs> so, um, the Unicorn now, they've been in the Empire about 300 years. Mm-hmm. They have settled in, but they are clinging very strongly to their ways, to the traditional... Um, ways of the gaijin uh they Mm. still wear fur they still carry their scimitars um they still have their horses and they're very proud of these traditions Mm -hmm. uh they they have full loyalty to the emperor yeah they consider themselves to be rokugani that's very very clear but they also honor the other traditions that they picked up along the way which a lot of people see as a contradiction but they don't Right. And and they find it a weakness to um, change, change that or give up their traditions. Uh, mm. Since their whole um, experience has been one of the strength of adaption mm. and adapting to changing circumstance, they find the rest of Rokugan very rigid and fixed in one way of thinking. So they foster their... Uh, gaijinness they're they're thinking in different ways than regular rokugani would um as something that will help them be more flexible and help rokugan adapt into the future so they really think that this is a virtue that they continue thinking not like a normal rokugani which is very hard for the rest of rokugan to understand yeah yeah they're kind of like why why are you guys just spending all your time look how different we are like you know sounds like you're saying that we that we suck and we don't like that how dare you and also you eat red meat and you smell Ugh. <laughs> there is that also you... so they have many traditions that are yeah. are different and we've talked a little mm. bit about those the ushikai still uh the moto family still has many of the religion and other aspects of the original mm-hmm. ushikai uh in there for example just yep. just many and, different and 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 the Uchi, the Iuchi way of magic, is actually something that the the Phoenix worry that is is straight up bad. And so that's a that's a that's a thing. So the whole Meishodo is Meishodo healthy? Is is it actually good or is it actually horrible blasphemy? Where you are kidnapping Kami against their will. So, so let's have a look at how the unicorn are with other clans. So we know how they are with the Empire as a whole, which is like, we are different, and that is something you should adapt to. Mm-hmm. But let's look at how they deal with other clans. So, 
one. Well, the unicorn and the crab, their relationship mm-hmm. or defined was defined earlier by their dramatic entrance, and then mm-hmm. following that with happening, what happened with the dark moto and and yeah. how they lost. Now, the d- crab do sort of appreciate that they tried, mm. but they also did make things a lot worse. Um, they have a very neutral relationship to them at this point. They've kind of gotten past the uh, vast breach of the wall aspect in that at least it wasn't Shadowlands getting past the wall, and it did teach them some things that they would need to do to enhance their defenses. Um, But they are not friendly in new 5R. In old 5R, they were quite friendly, and the Hiruma trained in unicorn schools. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, because basically the, we are basically sort of outsiders and we, we lack the cultured manners and we're all very loud and boisterous. And hey, we get along really well. But There is that. So they socially the can get along that way. Yeah. The, the, there's kind of a bit of friction at the minute, which is that the unicorn and the crab have both discovered the naga in the Shinomen Mori. And they have had slightly different ways of dealing with them, which could end up with some kind of conflict because the naga being very, very different. The unicorn went, hey, these are different people. How fascinating. And the crab went, they must be horrible Shadowlands creatures. Let's murder them. Indeed. That, that, we have yet to see the repercussions, but I'm fairly sure there will be repercussions. Yeah, that was uh, a couple of years back that we heard that story, and we have not had anything following up regarding mm. the Naga since. So maybe in an upcoming uh, crab novella... Yeah. There, it could be mentioned somebody is going to the Shinoma Mori, so there's always the possibility yeah. we might hear some later. See, see what happens there. The Unicorn and the Crane have been close allies, if for nothing else, because the Crane were the first ones to welcome them back to Rokugan as Rokugani, recognizing Lady Doji's fan. Mm-hmm. And so they've been very, very close allies ever since. I suspect a certain amount of that is because that the... Unicorn balance the lion in a way that the crane can't, and so they kind of they find that useful. There is, I think, some conflict there because the crane are very, very traditional when it comes to how you behave, and the unicorn are not, or at least they're not traditional in the Rokugani, the crane sense of of traditional. So, right, they they do have the differences, but the crane. If there if there is a cultural thing difference going on, the crane way is more. We must go educate these uh, uneducated barbarians and how to do it the yeah. right way, uh, rather yeah. than we will go kill you because you did it the wrong way. Yeah. Absolutely. So the, the, it is strong enough that the crane do get some unicorn horses. So that's yes. pretty close. When you think about there's it, there's a there is a group of unicorn horses at least there was in the old lore called Mm. doji's fan that has been given to the crane out of gratitude for this and there's a there's a little vassal family that keeps that particular asset for the crane but they're very Mm -hmm. small by intention if the crane ever grew them the unicorn would be pissed let's Uh, see the unicorn and the dragon are not particularly close They've had conflicts in the past, but they're not mm. hostile either. It's a little like no. the crab with less events happening between them. 
One thing that yeah, is yeah. going on right now is that the unicorn are giving the dragon their war orphan children. Yeah. Because the dragon have a big population crisis. So that's one of the things. Unicorn are very eager to make friends if they can. Yeah, I mean, obviously the problem is that the dragon and the unicorn actually are neighbors, and in a world like Rockigan, that's not necessarily good. That, there's always conflict, there's always that bit of friction between them, like, but yeah, they seem to be fairly neutral at the moment between each other, okay. and you have the, the children going backwards and forwards. And the dragon, I've always been about individuality, so I think they're, little, they're just a little bit more open. But mm-hmm. uh, Meanwhile, the unicorn and the lion have got along just famously going to war <laughs> loads of times. Which I think, honestly, there's a, there's a kind of point where you just think, that's just how they make friends. By well, rampaging towards each other a, with swords. The lion have a legitimate grudge overall mm. in that they were occupying unicorn lands for hundreds, hundreds and of hundreds years. of years. And they were fighting off Gaijin at the border. Yep. Um, that was their role. So they were the interface with all of these Ujikai raiders that didn't join the Unicorn mm. Clan or anyone else who wanted to bring an army through there for 800 years of the Empire's history. Because, yeah. I mean, Lion is a, has a reason to be the military force it is. And so yeah, when yeah. the Unicorn came charging in and took their traditional lands, they were kicking the Lion out of their own lands. They were ended up by default taking over the lion's role as defending the border of Rokugan on that side from enemy human armies. Um, and, and instead of you know presenting a wall of spears at whatever mm. should show up, they said, let's trade with you on all yeah. sorts of compromising dishonorable Ugh. things that the lion don't entirely approve of as one's approach to uh, imminent enemies. So Lion struggles a lot with their identity. Who are we supposed to fight? We are these big armies. Um, that is our whole purpose. And yeah. we have no exterior borders to fight against. Do you think that might be one of the reasons why the Lion have this reputation now of just fighting other clans for no very good reason? Because they I think don't it have is that because... out that, that they used to have. I think it is. I think for the, mm. you know, so this has been 300 years and it's not always perfect, you know, but it's been 300 years mm. of, of ongoing warfare and yeah. not warfare because of how the lion have um, responded. But that's a lot of tradition to try and overcome, especially in a warrior culture focused on tradition and with a lot yep, of dead yep. grandmothers and grandfathers telling yep. you why aren't you going out and stabbing enemies they've yep. got 800 and years I, of that and yeah. no one to fight and and you've also got to consider that that other than the crab who don't tend to fight other rokugani at all mm-hmm. the lion have been they were the they were the preeminent military Everyone said, let's think about military. Oh, we think of the lion. And then suddenly the unicorn are here and they really f- are a challenge. They they are an actual opponent. And I think that has got to be... There's going to be friction there. Like, we used to be top dog and now you guys. But also the, I wonder if we can 
take them. I think those are both elements between the the, the kind of the the relationship between them is is that kind of thing. They're just rivals for the same thing, and that mm-hmm. that just sets everybody off. So I I am sure that part of what we see in the current fictions with Lion actively trying to start wars with the unicorn, which mm. is definitely happening. We've seen yep. that in a few fictions we've talked about so far is trying to is not for any more nefarious purpose than the lion trying to find an identity yeah. uh, for themselves after after the unicorn have come they've never quite accepted this uh this new normal and found a different way to use mm. themselves um let's see i i am actually just an interesting thing i don't think we've ever really had any discussion of the families who lived in lion lands for hundreds of years and then suddenly they don't get to live in either now they are in unicorn lands what does that do to them or they've been evicted mm-hmm. that's interesting i think i think that's a thing that we could someone should look at one of these days anyway, anyway the unicorn and yeah. the phoenix have an interesting mm. relationship initially the phoenix being pacifists that they are mm. um they tended to be all right with the unicorn coming coming into Rokugan. However, mm. they have a big conflict now. Their yes. Ishinkan have seen, foreseen, that Mishodo, which is the unicorn style of magic, is even more uh, blasphemous, even more likely to be doing harm to the magical ecosystem of Rokugan than they had originally thought. Yeah. So at this point, the Phoenix and the Unicorn are very actively hostile to each other. They do not share a border. It is political. It is even mm-hmm. fairly quiet. Uh, um, the Phoenix are lobbying the Emperor against the Unicorn, but are not directly attacking the Unicorn. But that's more because of the Phoenix pacifistic yeah, hands-off yeah, yeah. nature than but, the strength of their hostility. But they did attempt to, to get Meishodo actually banned. All they managed to do is to get Meishodo ordered to be taught to the Seppun so they could learn how to fight against it. But then you have to kind of you have to kind of look at the fact that as as we've seen from fictions, they now know that somebody removed the wards, the kami from the wards in the Forbidden City in the Imperial Palace. And that's a Meishodo thing. And mm, and that's going to have repercussions. And right. you it also have to deal out. with the fact that... Yeah. And you also have to look at that, that Jin, which are Burning Sands spirits, have shown up in Phoenix Lands and have taken over shrines and have caused messes. And that is also going to be a thing. Mm, <laughs> like, who are you going to blame for that? That's going to be the, the, the unicorn. So, hmm. Yes, we shall see what happens it. with that, but it's definitely not friendly and looking like it's getting no. unfriendlier. The unicorn yeah. and the scorpion. The scorpion originally fought the unicorn. There has been discussion because uh, the scorpion are kind of big on the all according to Kakaku, all according to plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. That they tell themselves that they fought against the unicorn so hard when the unicorn entered because Mm. it would help the lion back down because obviously (laughs) if the 
scorpion are doing it then yeah. there's something bad about doing it for the lion so if the scorpion are supporting attacking the unicorn maybe attacking the unicorn is not such a good idea so it helps helped yeah. de-escalate the lion a bit at least that's what the, the scorpion will tell you and the other theory is that they deliberately lost against the unicorn when they could have won because they're just that good because they <laughs> they they fight properly and you know, they could have won if they'd really wanted to because they would have poisoned everything or whatever it is that they would have done. But yeah. they lost deliberately so that everyone just would start to underestimate the Scorpion military, which would enable them to do more nefarious things. And that's an open question. You know, whether they would still you know, would have won is another interesting question. But the, the belief is that they deliberately, at least amongst the Scorpion, they deliberately lost in order to do that. Yeah. And now the scorpion so, do have a lot of problems with mm. the unicorn in general because there is a very subtle undertext of all negotiations and all discussions that happen mm. in Rokugan. Uh, things you prioritize. You can be blackmailed yeah. because someone found out about some terrible thing that your great-great-grandfather did. For example, mm. you can be blackmailed now about that um, as, as an example that came up in a story. But a lot of things yeah. that the other clans would find uh, horrifying and need to be covered up and could be blackmailed and manipulated about by the scorpion, the unicorn don't care. Yeah. Oh, you see, even circumstances where the scorpion set up somebody for something embarrassing like putting sneezing powder in the middle of a... The unicorn don't care if they do something embarrassing yeah. to anybody else because they're a unicorn. They don't follow the same rules. Which, um, which is very... Does make does make it very difficult for the scorpion. But um, they are also adaptable in their own way, so that could be interesting. <laughs> so uh, there's a very humorous fiction mm. from first edition which is a scorpion sending off somebody to go uh blackmail a certain unicorn daimyo and ending up drawn and quartered over the gates yeah um because the unicorn also have no qualms about using rather gruesome especially to the ideas of eyes of the rest of rokugan punishments mm. for those who try to do things like blackmail yeah. them yeah. So the scorpion are a little afraid of the unicorn. Yeah, so um, that's a, that's just one of the more interesting kind of interactions between them. So there we go. I think we have done the unicorn. That's that's a it's a bit an overview, but yeah. that is our our lore dive for the unicorn. So we we hope that that will give you enough flavor for who they are and whether you want to play them. And be how sticky guy, Gene, and be proud of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're helping the Empire by making it yep. more adaptable for the future to come. Indeed. All right. And also bringing lots of money with their foreign trade. So there you go. So, <laughs> but that's us. That's us right. for this week. That's us for this week. Uh, just a call out to our alternate uh, podcast. Uh, apparently, uh, there's a new format for the LCG that they, I'm sure they will be talking about much yes. very eagerly shortly. And I have no idea what it's about, but it looks different. It, is a <laughs> it, thing. it does sound very interesting. It yeah, people cards. are talking about it. Mm. 
but it, it does look like it's an uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting way of playing the game. So I think you will want to come check that out if you have any interest in the card game. Other than that, uh, no other callouts for me. I don't believe so. Um, you can always check out our website at courtgamespod.com. Um, I've recently just put up an article, which is my uh, Legend of the Five Rings screenshots from samurai dramas. So things that look, I think, would be good kind of resource materials or inspiration from various samurai dramas that I've watched. So I put those up there. I've got some good story hooks that I was going to put up if I ever get time. In the meantime, everybody, I'm sure, is uh, sheltering uh, as best they can. Uh, If you need ways to figure out how to role-play during this this time, you can. There's Discord to set up games with. We are playing with Skype uh, for our groups. We Mm -hmm. have Table to table Skype using our Xbox, the big team. Um, That's nice. It's working out pretty well. It's been it's been fun. Though we're not doing L five R in that particular group right now. Yeah, we've moved our monthly game to Discord for -hmm. much the same reason, and we might start using some kind of virtual tabletop, Roll Twenty, maybe something else. Don't know. Uh, There's also possibilities of setting up uh, play by post on CoreGamesPod.com. That's a thing might look into the possibility i'm still running mm-hmm. my kikita academy game for for those yep. who are going to show up for that and uh there are ways and means there are ways and means so go ahead and feel free to share your ideas on the discord and if you need inspiration you can hang out with us yeah but that's it for the for me anyway this week uh this is kikita kaori may the fortunes favor you And I've been Corvo, and until we meet again, keep your jade handy.